Real Estate with Lira. Today I have Jonathan Ferrante. We are going to be talking about uh, social media ads and how to convert those really. Um, so Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me today. If you want to go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm a mortgage broker. I've been one for eight years. Um, I've been investing in real estate for about 10 years myself. Uh, actually, uh, when I started in uh, mortgages, I had just moved to the Northeast and uh, didn't know anyone and really built my business off of the Facebook platform. Um, and we'll obviously get into a little bit about how, some of my strategies and how I really started with uh, my personal page and converted it over into a, a blend of the, the, the business side of things. But it, it, especially with real estate being so personal, I mean, it's people's homes. Um, it makes sense that so much of our buyers and sellers have uh, leaned on the social media platforms to find those local agents, those local lenders uh, to partner with that that gives them that security um, and professionalism that they're looking for, because it is a blend of both uh, bringing that small town feel or that local feel, but also having the resources of some of these bigger companies or firms to, to provide the technology they want as well. Wow. Okay. No, I I appreciate that perspective because you're you're right. Everybody wants to have that local ex expert to help them. You know, they will want to know that the realtor knows the area, the market. You know, um, crime stats, things along those lines that they can help with that. Especially with a you know in like an Orlando market where I'm at, we get people that are moving everywhere from out of state. They don't know the area, um, and I know that it's happening all over the country too because all of our Floridians that are selling are going somewhere, right? Because <laughs> they're they're all getting out of Florida at this point. So um, they want to know and that they can lean on you for you know traffic. How how does the traffic look leaving this area? What is you know how long is it going to take for me to get to A to B? what uh you know what are the great neighborhoods and great schools things like that and they want to know that they're able to lean on the right people and i think tapping into like the the facebook really helps give people the idea that you do know exactly what's going on that you know that area and that you're in that area right because you're clearly targeting specific people in specific areas for, for a purpose because you are that expert so i definitely appreciate you bringing that up um so a big part about the Facebook ads is trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, I think that's a big struggle that a lot of people have where they feel like they're just dumping money into to Facebook and Facebook's just laughing like, ah, these aren't actually working. You know, thanks. They, thanks. We're already a billion dollar company. I appreciate your, you know, 50 bucks here. Um, so what are some ways that you found to create compelling ads and the visuals for that to be able to actually have people click on these things? Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of that is, is just going to be your day to day, in the market and in the field feedback. Um, and, and, and you have to, you know, trial and error because there is that aspect. And what I always caution people on with the Facebook aspect of things is regardless of what you hear out there in the world or what Facebook's pushing is it's really a do-it-yourself marketing strategy. Even though they give you the platform, there isn't really support. Um, and you need to go in with that expectation because the number one reason I see people get frustrated and end up backing out of the social media advertising at all is that they had some weird expectation that when something went wrong, that Facebook was going to be right on the phone saying, well, what can we help? Um, they're not Google. They're not Yahoo. They're not any of these larger companies where they're offering some customer service as well. Facebook has simply understand understood what they've built and are monetizing what's already there. 
They're not offering any additional services. They said, if you want to maximize this, we're going to put some algorithms in place to help you. But outside of that, it's, you got to figure it out on your own. And if it doesn't work out or something goes wrong, that's on you, not on us. Um, so managing that expectation of social media advertising is a huge, huge aspect. Um, and that's why also, if you hold it compared to any other form of advertising, it's pennies on the dollar normally. Um, and that's why it creates that large draw. So managing that expectation of you get what you pay for, but you can also monetize it 10 times fold, uh, 10 times over if you want to and you put the time into it. Because once it catches, it catches. Uh, and that's what I usually tell people. It, it is a sales type of advertising all day long where you will have feasts and famine. Um, I actually just came out of a three-month period where nothing was hitting from my Facebook advertising. In the last six weeks, it's blown up. Um, so you have to understand those trends in the market. And the biggest statistic in real estate right now, because of all the volatility in lending and housing prices, is consumer confidence, which is a psychological statistic. So that really has come down to what people feel like doing, and there really isn't a better way to determine what people want to see by just simply asking them. And that's what I getting back off of my tangent is the day-to-day -day operations is every buyer that calls me, why'd you reach out, whether it was an ad or not, what interests you, what sparks your interest or gets you excited about real estate? Is it just home ownership? Is it financial freedom? Is it a certain type of house? Do you just like cool yards? Because everyone's got a different thing that gets them involved into the market. And learning what those things are is how you tailor your ads. Um, most lenders, most realtors are, are, are almost product specific, like FHA loans, jumbo loans. And as a lender, financially, I'm always putting out some jumbo advertising because you get a better return. It's a higher price point. It's a higher commission. So it, it would be crazy for me not to throw out that net and try to pull something in just to be top of mind. Um, however, the ads that truly engage people are normally community involvement ads. Some of my charitable donation ads have the best engagement or the highest conversion rate to actual deals because what we combat daily as professionals is sometimes a lack of respect from our clients and consumers that we're just a lender, that we're just an agent and that anyone can write up that contract. Fair. And Instead of fighting that sometimes, you're not going to change everyone's mind. I own it. So yeah, I am just, I, I, and I, I agree. A lot of the lenders out there can close the loan. It's not as difficult as it used to be, but I'm involved in the community. I build houses that, to be sold uh, affordable. So I'm providing inventory. I donate to housing programs. I do donate to cash assistance programs. So it, it just brings in that whole picture that helps people make that decision a little bit easier. Because what a lot of the agents out there are going through day to day on sales training is overcoming obstacles or negative returns from those clients. And a lot of times it's you're just missing that one box to check. Like, I know they're a good salesperson. I know they're a good negotiator, but I just don't know. I don't feel warm and fuzzy about it. And then knowing that you're involved in a local rescue shelter or even that you take your dog to the dog park down the street every week. It could be the deciding factor to get that deal. Um, and that's where the strategy of just staying top of mind and being consistent with those posts is really one of the most important. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
I, we do a lot of community involvement um, as well. And I know that that gets us, you know, a lot of engagement, a lot of activity, especially, you know, right there on the spot. And it makes you feel good, right? The warm and fuzzies, right? That's always, it's always fun. The money's good, you know, only good for what you can do with it, the good you can do with it, right? Um, so does that look like for, you know, like you're snapping pictures while you're holding a hammer, uh, you know, building this house yeah, over so here, no, no, or that, like, that's a great and then promoting that on uh, paying fifty bucks to have it promoted on. Yeah, so that's a great lead-in, and what I use uh, first, I want to say is always, I mean, be honest, be yourself. Um, it's so obvious when someone's doing exactly that, like they're in a a, a, a thousand. I, I have partners in like financial advising that do it, or investment groups, and they're investing in a big building, and they're in their four thousand dollars suit with a a little like a brand new hammer from Home Depot saying helping out today. I mean, people are going to see right through that and, 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 and shame on you for doing that because you're just lying. Yeah. Um, most of the time, if you're truly helping, someone's going to be taking a picture of you. You don't have to set it up. Um, I don't, I think very rarely have I ever posed for a charitable picture unless it was specifically like, Hey, pose with the check. Right. Which I still hate to do, but I get it. They want the picture sometimes yeah. too. Um, uh, great lead in because, I'm sure everyone will know. Um, obviously, quality of content is always going to carry weight over any other factor. However, videos are really capturing much more engagement than they are um, a snapshot or a picture. Sure. Because it just brings that real life feel. You can't fake the video as much as you can fake the snapshot a little bit. Yeah. And it does. It pro provides a little bit more of the behind the scenes, which is a huge content engagement right now, too, is providing that behind the scenes. It's showing the real final finished video and then some bloopers or the real side of things that really help people understand that yeah these people are business professionals um but they're also real people and they understand yeah. it's my house right and i personally believe we've lost a lot of that um especially in some florida markets where we tra transact a little bit more often and that's exactly what happens they become a little bit more on the transaction side as opposed to helping people find homes sure and that's really going to carry some weight because transactions have dropped down a lot less. Uh, people are spending a little bit more time doing their due diligence. Yeah, definitely. So that's where these advertisements, it's not the one-off of like, I want to capture as many impressions mm -hmm. as possible. And we'll talk a little bit about those analytics as well Is I could care less about impressions. I, I want the actual engagement follow through to the website. You can follow sure. through how many people inflict, how many people engaged. Um, when people are, are really just passing it by, I almost think the higher that number is, it's the worst of the ad. Sure. And even though I got in front of a lot of people, they didn't like it. Uh, and, and, and that's really where you try to get the feedback. I've gone as far as even when I put these ads out, Hey, first comment, trying out some new ads. If, if you have the time or see this, do you mind commenting what you like or don't like about it? Hmm. Um, yeah, it can get away some of that, of that specific specific campaign but the data you're going to pull in from live actual feedback from actual consumers i i think that's invaluable um and it's just maximizing the time and money you spend on that first ad a lot of times i'll, I'll do it a week after it's like oh this one's kind of dying maybe I, when you get another comment it'll notify other people and really understanding how facebook works with live videos things like that and how it reaches out to others is the best way to maximize instead of just throwing things on there and hoping it works Right. Okay. So not just the, you know, like the method where you're just throwing things at the wall, but being a little bit more, um, you know, the, the laser focused instead of a yeah. shotgun blast, right. Being able to identify what that, what that looks like. Um, and it goes back to the cost mentality really, because 
if if most people spent the time on a Facebook ad, and I know it doesn't always make sense, be, that costs them 20 bucks that they did on a billboard that's going to cost them $42,000. Sure. The ad might return a little bit better. And it's that same mentality. Oh, it's only 20 bucks. So I'm just going to throw this up here real quick. I'm going to print, get it off Canva, take five minutes on Canva, throw it up. And if it doesn't work out, it's only 20 bucks. I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> I've done it too. I, I, I hate to say, it, especially once you're successful with it, and you get the routine and you feel like you had this golden fingers on the keyboard that like anything I, I, I post is going to turn to sold kind of thing. That, that's crazy. Um, and, and it's very humbling because you get into that rhythm, you throw one on and you get no engagement. It's like shame on me yep. because I wasted 20 bucks and 20 bucks can turn into thousands of dollars of advertising if you use it properly. Sure. And you have so, much more control over it than something like a billboard and it can usually reach more people. So what a, what a great value add if you took it, take it seriously and spend the same kind of time. No, yeah, because like a billboard, um, you know, I've spoken to people with billboards and they're like, well, it's really more for brand recognition and staying top of mind to people that already know who I am, where they're like, oh, look, you know, it's that person again on the billboard, haha, kind of thing. Whereas Facebook ads, you're you're collecting data, you're building yeah. a database, you are reaching local people that are, you know, at least looking at, you know, Zillow or something like that, because they're, they're being targeted, you know, uh, in your audience pool. So, and you nailed it. I, so I, someone that has two billboards, um, that statement comes from billboard owners that didn't like their return because yeah. I don't know many people, especially in the realtor lending world, obviously different markets are different things, but we're sure. going to stick on real estate that are going to go spend $30,000 for brand recognition. Right. Yeah. It, they didn't get any leads off of it and that, and they've had some people say, Oh, I saw your billboard. And so they're going to chunk it up to some brand recognition. It just didn't work out the way they felt. And it is nice to know that. And taking that psychology thinking further is your client mentioned it, which means they feel much more comfortable because they saw the billboard, which means maybe it was a reason they decided to work with you sure. because a lot of people think, things through without knowing they're thinking things through. They didn't realize that seeing your billboard actually and subconsciously made them realize that that's $30,000. That guy's making a lot of money in order to pay for that, which means he's successful. Sure. And he doesn't make money unless he sells houses. So let's use him to sell our house. That That's something that most consumers go through. They just don't know they went through it. Yeah, I guess I can the see psychology that. psychology of real estate is strong. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, uh, kind of leaning a little bit into that, what type of ad format? So we kind of talked about that, right? Video ad formats, you yes. said found a little bit better. So how do you measure the success of a Facebook ad campaign? So, right, you've already mentioned if it has higher impressions, which that's just the number of people that it got in front of, right? Whereas the leads or clicks are going to be the engagement, right? So in your, the way you operate is essentially if it's got a, um, you know, higher click and engagement to lower impression ratio, right? Is essentially how you identify if it's, if it's working. That's efficiency. Right. Like sure. it's the same way where I'll argue with a lot of real estate investors, like everyone, I'm sure you see it all the time, especially because you guys do a lot of businesses, the investors that they're, they're door crazy. Everybody wants 150 doors. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have the same cash flow as the guy with 150 doors with 50 doors. Cause man, my life's easier and we're making the same money. Plus I have higher end properties, which have better tenants, which are easier cash flows. So it's, 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 it's efficiency is good business um, across the board. So if I can get in front of 
less people for a higher conversion rate. That's the way to do it. That's money um, right there. Yeah, exactly. Where When I get in front of a lot of people and convert less, I did something wrong. I still got some money and I'm not going to say I lost that day, right. but I should have done better on my ads. And that's where we're, you, I think you're leading into the quality of the ads, what the content is really including. Um, and it's really coming down to that blend of professional with that personal aspect. One of the, one of the best Facebook ads I ever ran was a one-time closed construction loan. I almost got no one-time closed construction loan clients from it, hmm. but it was a, an adorable ad. It was my nephews that were two and hmm. three at the time on their little Tonka trucks in their sand place, <laughs> building little sand castles. And, and it just, it captured a lot of people in the housing market. They loved it. It was about two years ago when things were going crazy, prices were inflated. So it was nice to look at additional options as opposed to the bidding wars on constructed houses. So did it do well for me in construction loans? No, but I pulled in maybe 15 end home buyers that ended up buying normal homes. They wanted to learn about the construction loan and then realize once how extensive the process was. Right. They went right back to buying a home and it gave them a whole new level of confidence on buying a finished home. Sure. Um, and, and, and that's what I mean as far as relating to your audience base. And I don't know how many of those clients called and they're like, I just thought that was fantastic. And they, they like that. I don't have my own kids. So I knew they knew they were going to get all the attention from me, but I love family. So I knew how important it was for them to get a home. I wasn't investor crazy either. So it checked a lot of boxes for these people. Um, and it didn't really provide a ton of information. It just let, it, it was engaging. It's right. like, it's like using the cute kitten kind of idea. Oh, absolutely. One of the number one search things on the internet to try to sell anything. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not being overly salesy. It's what I say, giving the people what they want. Yeah. Um, it, and I didn't even plan it that way. I just took some pictures of my nephew, thought it was adorable. And this was kind of one. I, I spent some time. I made sure that the quality of the post was there. The flyer was nice. Actually, you could probably go back on my Facebook and find it. Um, and, and that's what really matters. And what I want to actually touch on, because this is not what I would ever use for any kind of marketing, um, just limited access to technology, is perfect example is your video versus mine right now. This is a perfect example of what to do and what not to do. Your video is 10 times clearer than my video. Mine's faded, the colors are dim, things like that. My my video is a perfect example of what you don't post or share on social media. It's just, it's too much personal. Like, man, like get a new phone kind of thing. <laughs> and we've all seen that with the agents. Like, this is what you do for a living. Just get a better phone. Yep. And this is just my travel work laptop, which is why I'm doing the call on it. But if I was doing a video that I was going to post out, I would go, you know, set up a camera like you're using most likely. Um, and then it's a blend of, I've actually done some research a couple of weeks ago where you can actually hurt yourself. If your video is too clear, where it's like cinematic, people get turned off by that. It's over commercialized. They think you're, you're not you're genuine. To, yeah. The over salesy guy. It's like, are you making a movie or are you selling real estate? Oh. Because people start to, to use logic and it's like, okay, well, if you drop $10,000, on the camera, maybe that's why you're charging a seven and a half percent listing price or something like something mm. crazy, you know, um, and it just it takes away from the actual brand you're going after. Sure. So you definitely want the professionalism, but you want people to know that you're you're a self-employed individual out there making it work. Yeah. The kids so, always hit too. the kids, the puppies, you know, um, did you have to pay? toys to your nephew for getting you know good clicks on there i mean i bought them the tonka trunk toys <laughs> and all that stuff so and you want to talk about double downing on the money spent on a gift present like 
I mean, I did. I came back and they all got hot, uh, the little Hot Wheels and everything, electric cars, because that was their commission kickback. <laughs> I know Wrestling's uh, going to get a hold of me right now for kicking back for leads, but my nephews did all the work. So I felt like I had to give them some of those commissions after Absolutely. I made all that money. Yeah, no, paid actors. They deserve uh, royalties, right? From <laughs> it, it, it's, it's when they realize you enjoy what you do. And you can capture some of those moments. And like I said, most of the my most successful ads are pictures that were done for fun or I didn't know were being taken. Yeah. Um, and it was when we were having a blast and it was it's always a success story. Um, and, and that's what I would really encourage people with that content is one, you want the professional feel, you know, work, work with those videographers, work with those marketing people. Just we say it all the time, you know, you know, why wouldn't you use your local realtor that's right down the street? Well, or and, and when we get mad if someone's doing my job or someone's doing your job. Well, when we go out and we try to market a little bit on our own, we are we're doing someone else's job as well. And I urge agents and lenders to remember like that, that we don't like it when someone else comes in and tries to do our job. We don't like it when the dad comes in and says the house isn't worth what the, yeah. they're asking and it kills the deal. It's the same thing when we try to act like we're the marketing experts or the the cinematography expert. And I know we're trying to save money, but what do we tell for sale by owners? You think you're saving money? How much does it cost you to sell your own house? How much does it cost an agent to do their own marketing? Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, outsource all of it, but when you're lost, when you're digging, call call a marketing person, pay them a couple hundred bucks yeah. for a couple hours of their time to get started because respect what they do. And that's what they do. That's all they do all day long. Um, and that's why I, I never claim to be a marketing expert. I'm a, I'm a mortgage broker. I'm a loan officer. Uh, I'm lucky to, you know, uh, have a girlfriend that's a, a marketing specialist, but I still, I pay her, I pay different companies to, to, to provide feedback because they have the analytics. They know what the demographics want. They know it every single day and they know when it changes and at what time it changes. Um, and that's, it, that's the best time spent and money spent I've ever used because to get started with some of these ads, I, I called one of the best marketing people I know and just asked if I could pick his brain, offered to pay him $100 an hour on a call, and he did it for free. I mean, he couldn't wait to help me. Sure. It's leverage, right? You know, um, it's being able to leverage people for for their talents. There's some things that, you know, we're, you know, I'm a realtor, right? It's not my job to take great photos. That's not my skill set. Right. That's yeah. why I pay a photographer to come in with his drone, to come in with the Matterport thing, because I'm not one. I'm not going to spend that kind of money on that because, you know, let yeah. somebody else that's a professional do it. But, you know, this is why I don't cut or dye my own hair anymore. Leverage. Right. You find somebody who Plus, specializes. It's a sales in it. opportunity. Yeah. You're good to these people that you work with. Guess who they're going to call to buy a house? Yeah. Guess who called me to get his mortgage? The marketing guy that gave <laughs> me advice. And nice. I couldn't wait to do that mortgage for free for him. Right. And I send him a ton of business. He sends me a ton of business. That's and right. it all started by just like, hey, I need some help. I'll pay you for your service. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and building those relationships. That's the best. Like you said, like it turns into word of mouth marketing. Now this one ad you posted, you actually already created four new contacts by trying to build the ad. Sure. Right. <laughs> right off the bat. Just, yeah. You know, Before the ad even went up, up you, bet, you met four referral partners building the ad because you did it the right way. Right. You need to find people that are, are good at what they do. You know, you're not going to, it's no different than having the marketing guy go and try to sell his own house or do his own yes. loan, right? That's not how it works. We're all here because we're specialists in, in our area. You know, that's why we have lawyers that we turn to for certain yeah. things and um, 
you know, no, no one's ever been truly successful in this world by themselves. Absolutely. Who you do are in business with matters and that's important to it. 100%. So uh, what are some common mistakes that you see agents um, or people making when posting Facebook ads? Yeah. Um, practice runs. Facebook's got some great, great uh, options to preview posts to see how it's going to uh, uh, look to your consumers before you do it. Take advantage of that. Um, a lot of people, and I can tell, like, you're a perfect example on the podcast. You, you've practiced this. You've done it before. And, and you're not jumping onto a video and just being like, oh, well, what do we do next? Or there's flow. You know, it, 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 it's professional. A lot of people, like we talked about, is just the cam, Canva to Facebook, on the phone, while driving, by writing up an offer all at the same time. It's like... I see it. I get it. We're all excited. We want to monetize immediately. It's like sometimes before like the house is the paper, the ink even dried on the offer. We had the ad going out that we got it under contract. Right. And I chuckle. It's like you're one, you got it under one. Enjoy that day. Your client's telling everyone the day of that you went under contract. Let them grow that marketing for you to come back a couple of days later and add it in. That's just a value add to bring in that same win into a larger week period of time. So sometimes patience is really going to reward you. Um, and, and taking that time, it's just obvious too. Like you didn't take any time to put the post when it's the, like 15 minutes after the contract signed. Right. And you and you can usually tell. It, it's just like you can see you dragged and cropped the little, the little green, green picture of you onto the house and you're like somehow floating on the ground. You're not even standing there. I see it all the time and it's, it, it does something. Maybe you get some business off people because people like making fun of it or talking about it and you get engagement from that. There's always a win there. I'm, I'm a silver lining kind of guy. Sure. But the biggest thing would be taking the time reviewing it. Um, grammatical errors. I can't believe yes. how common it is. And we all owe a gift basket to our fifth grade English teacher <laughs> because we use it every day in life and we embarrass ourselves every day with it in life because we didn't listen to Mrs. McFarland, who was my second grade teacher, actually, I went all the way back there, but it's, it, it's crazy, the improper use of words there, there, um, things like that, that really, you'd be surprised how many people out there that are, are crazy about that, and the second you make that mistake, they're done, because it's lack of professionalism, they want to see some intellect there. Yeah, lack um, of attention to so, detail, you're writing yeah. contracts for these people. Oh these my god, are you're going to write the, the description of their home. Right, it's the biggest, well, Chad, GPT, thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which that's definitely something I want to touch on before we're done today is uh, I am a huge, 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 huge advocate for it on the realtor side, um, AI, so the chat GPT or whatever. Um, I don't know the websites myself. Um, there is a lot of talk, and I'll just get into the political side of it, on the lending side about um, um, compliance and guidelines and financial information. So Definitely not doing it on my end yet because they asked us to stop. There's a lot of lenders out there that I've seen do AI generated suggested tips. So be hesitant of taking financial advice from, from a robot. artificial intelligence at this time, <laughs> because there's been a lot of financial models out there where AI has tanked the economy. That's why we're not using AI finance um, anywhere yet. So, so realtor side, because what it really captures is a lot of the psychology of some of these consumers. Um, and that's what AI has really brought some value in is, is the opposite of what we thought it would be able to do. It can really pick up on what people's preferences are. Mm -hmm. It can really help what people want and desire uh, more than factual stuff, actually, because of the patterns. 
So on the real estate side, it's been fantastic for people to find trends of uh, searches and really tailor your posts. Um, and, and I know Facebook and Meta now is coming out with things that are going to track your analytics and give you suggested content. So definitely, I think they have some pilot programs coming out with people that have their business accounts. I would say immediately click on those opportunities when they come up to be used as that. Yeah. Because it's not going to hurt you to get extra information. Oh, information is power, right? So yes, if you exactly. know more. Exactly. So one, a simple spreadsheet of what your best posts are as far as conversions, because even what Facebook has, it's not, a lot of times it's not going into your CRM or your landing page. So you have to manually show what you're converting. Um, so always run a spreadsheet with that so you can track your best ads. Um, and keep some detailed information in that because a lot of times rerunning the same ad will do better than a, a new ad. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Um... Like, like similarity. If they liked it once, they'll like it again. It's the same reason why people watch the same movies over <laughs> and over, even though they know what's going to happen. That familiarity in a world, especially in markets like this, what you can really see people pick up on yeah. is when the real estate and the financial markets go to a mess, consumers crave anything with stability or anything with familiarity. So that's where the local realtors that are just the neighbor down the street are really gonna win as we move through this recession because that comfortability that they're gonna offer their client is something that these consumers can't get anywhere else. And for the last eight years, we've had just outstanding wealth in the lower, middle, and upper class. So people didn't care about it as much. They transacted, right. things have slowed down and people are more cautious and they're looking for that friend to help them get through the deal as opposed to the high performing top 1% realtor in the country. Yeah. I mean, you threw the R word out there. So, um, <laughs> 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 yeah, people are, are looking for comfortability, especially with it, it being so unknown right now. And that's something that we have to kind of talk about with our clients. You know, I, with people that I don't have that aren't ready to buy or sell right this minute, you know, I'm constantly there. I'm giving market updates to let them know so that I, they know that I'm, I'm their friend that's looking out for them. Right. I'm there. Yeah. They're knowledge based. I'm, I'm everything real estate there. And they know that I'm still thinking about them and that they're going to be ready and prepared and that they can lean on me for when it's time to, to yes. buy or sell. Um, so I, I think that's great. I've noticed that um, with a lot of like the ads that we've been running, again, experimenting, trial and error, you got to figure out what works for you. Um, you know, I, I notice a lot of times people are engaging more in actual houses, right? Houses that are for sale, houses that are just listed, open houses, those kind of things. And those are just, you know, just posting like, hey, price reduction, yeah. find out for more information. Whereas I threw an ad out and it was, yes, I just threw the ad out. It was a Canva template post. Um, it was like, hey, buyer, <laughs> looking to buy or sell, you know, give us a call. And I did target a specific area. It's got shit. It's like well, awful. It's so this is a perfect example. Yeah. Something that's real and tangible versus mm -hmm. something that's a hope and a dream. Right, exactly. So there's a house that might be in their price point or something that they want to afford. And there you go. They're in. That's Now it's a part of their life. They're going through the pictures and saying, we would put that there and this there. Yeah. You've really brought them into the market. Looking to buy or sell, most people don't know Nobody what they're cares. looking to do. They don't know <laughs> until you put it in. It's our job to tell them what they're looking to do a lot of times. So that's a perfect example of understanding someone's mindset and process because you, you got the perfect answer right there. That that flyer that just thrown out there was from a realtor thought process. Yep. 
And you're you're not trying to engage with other realtors. You know who liked all those posts? All the other realtors. All the other you know realtors. They said, Maybe I'll do a post like that. <laughs> but no, it's not working for any of you. It, so the number one post done by realtors last year was also the, the worst re, um, re, return post of the entire year. And it's it's always a good time to buy. <laughs> because imagine the millions of people out there that are like in their lives. It's a terrible time. Terrible time. Right. And it doesn't matter about rates or prices. They're going through a hard time or mm -hmm. something is not lining up with them to see that on your Facebook or something. It's like a slap man, in the face. You want to talk about getting out of the game is if it's a horrible time for you to buy and you see a post that says it's always a good time to buy. You just feel so left out of this world. You don't want to play anymore. Damn. I'm savage. But absolutely true. And, and it's trust me, in, in the worst times to buy, we all feel the urge to be like, it's a great time to buy because we want we also understand that people buying and transacting makes it a better time to buy. Right. Absolutely. So it is a hard time. So what I always tell people too is manage those posts and that information with what's really going on. I will say that I did the least amount of social media marketing. October, November, and December of 2022. Because from my standpoint, and I don't go out telling buyers and clients, don't buy, it's terrible. Yeah. But from my standpoint, it was one of the, the worst times to buy. It was not I, a good time to buy, especially here in Florida. So the market stopped after that hurricane. It was right. like, and I'm done. loyal to my realtors. I'm loyal to my business. So I'm not going to go out and say it's a bad time to buy either. <laughs> right. But That's I'm also going to just tailor back my marketing a little bit because I... I'm not going to pull as many people into the market as I can. Just like I'm not trying to recruit loan officers right now. It's not a great time to be a loan officer. There's a lot less business. But there's just like there's brokers out there. There's lenders out there. They're saying it's a great time to get into the business. And to pull someone away from a salary job for me into the lending field, I wouldn't feel good about that. And I want right. to feel good about everything I'm advertising. And yeah. when you do it that way, you don't look over your shoulder. You feel great about it. And that confidence is the best advertisement, honestly. No, I, I absolutely get that. You know, uh, the amount of people that we had jumping into the real estate business in COVID, they're like, well, I lost my job and I'd always wanted to be in real estate anyways. Like that was, I can't tell you how many people I interviewed to to join, you know, brokerages. And they're like, yeah, I'd always wanted to do this. And I didn't have a job anymore. And I figured, why not? Now is the time. I got, you know, $2,000 from the president. So I'm going to spend that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, what in the ever living world? And now half like half of them have dropped out. And um, there's a lot of people in this market. And I know a lot of my friends that are struggling right now just because the market has has changed. People are scared because of that big R word. Right. People are terrified. Um, you know, we went through this. And, and that's already. the thing is that but that that fear isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially in this world of of the smoke and mirrors on social media. Yeah. And that's why I really I urge people to be real is being a real estate professional for 10 years. I mean, I share the bad. I've I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in transactions. I, I've done very well in other ones, but it, it's not all sunshine, unicorns and rainbows. I'm, it, it can be it can be very hard and it gets really, really, really hard if you're not realistic and you don't prepare. Right. Um. And and the reason why I don't hesitate to use that R word in the recession is the more people know it's coming, the better adjustments they'll make and they'll be safer riding it out. Yeah. Um, whereas the people that are still, I'll say it right now, the Fed came right out in their meeting last week and said, it's hard for us to lower interest rates 
when the consumer citizens of the United States of America still are financing and spending a significant amount of their income and money on things like Airbnbs and OnlyFans. Oh, Jesus. And that's a true statement from a Fed director, because when you're borrowing on a credit card at 22%, a $10 OnlyFans subscription or going on this vacation and you're putting the whole thing on a credit card. And I know it's a little taboo to even talk about OnlyFans, but everyone knows what it is. No, it's a thing. People are making money on it. To have that disposable income, the Fed and financial institutions and the the people that are really controlled, they look at it and say, it's, they, they, they say it's not painful enough yet. Right. I mean, it's just so crazy to me that these are things that the Fed and people are talking about and, you know, that, you know, uh, in economics and things like that. But can you imagine like Billions of 10 dollars. years ago in 2008, you know, whatever? Well, not, yeah, over 10 years ago now. But can you imagine them talking about OnlyFans and Airbnb back when, you know, like we had the last really awful recession? Just kind of blows my mind. What a we, what, and, and that's what I was talking about the, the last 10 years of wealth that, the, Entire industries have popped up because people had so much disposable income. Right. Or and too much to time. Me, it's one it, or the it, other. It's, it's, it's baffling. It's baffling to see. And, and like you said, it's a, a Fed director doesn't want to bring up these kind of topics. But when there's literally nine zeros behind some of these numbers, it's, it's moving our economy. It's right. changing the economies of scale. It's changing how we measure our markets and how we predict the future. And we've created so much volatility. And like last five years, we created more millionaires ever than history. But no one talks about that we've lost more millionaires in history ever in the last two. Right. A lot wow. of people that have created a lot of wealth and it's they're gone. It's gone. And we're seeing more foreclosures above 800000 uh, the price point than we've ever seen as well since they have opened the moratorium. Wow. So the, the the failure on the real estate side isn't just the lower income issue. It's it's not just that. It's people that are poor at managing their money. Yeah. I know that's we're, I know we're poorly advised. Sure. Yeah. The more money you have, you know, they say more money, more problems, right? Um, but so just you hear that guys. So if things are not working well for you in real estate, OnlyFans is apparently a very solid option. So good luck. Um <laughs> Um, and that's I mean even when we're busy because I'm going over these like these savings plans with my clients all day long is you know there are those job layoffs coming from big companies Yahoo Google Disney all of that so people that are are smart and conservative you know are are planning for the worst and nothing wrong with that if it doesn't happen they're okay and if it does they'll be okay because they have the plan um so I mean the 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 country is in a very strong position, regardless of where people say, because we can choose to dig it out. What what I'm excited for is the summer market, exactly yes. the things that people like you are doing, which is doing podcasts, information series on things that matter, which is the right way to advertise to bring up that level of consumer confidence. Yeah, you're preparing um, and, for, you know, preparing for the, you know, the storm. And, that's and, and I'm not saying being doom and gloom, but providing the, the value add and the resources. And the reason I say the recession word and I talk about it is because I'm providing solutions with it. I'm right. not like one of those terrible critics or conspiracy economists that's like a recession's coming and then that's all you ever hear from them. It's right. not why, when, or how to, to weather the storm. I mean, how do I give you advice about a recession without saying recession or talking about it? So there's there's 
and you'll hear the, the wealthier people or the people that know what they're doing or are really confident in what they're doing is this is the time where you make the most money. In real estate, especially because things are going to get real affordable, real cheap. Right. And the people that have saved and prepared for that, and it's not all upper income people. I have a lot of lower income people that are ready for this, like really, yeah. really ready. They have strong jobs that are recession proof. And when those prices are, are, are a little bit more stagnant, we don't expect them to come down and less competition. That is their day. Yeah. I know investors are just, you know, piling out, you know, of the woodwork right now, especially like, um, you know, if we've got houses that are sitting on the market for a long, you know, maybe 30 days. Uh, yep. And then all of a sudden, you know, any house that's, I mean, God, I've gotten into multiple, multiple offers with, um, burnt down trailers, not kidding. Uh, yep. you had to sign a hold armless to be able to see it or to go into the property or anything like that. And then, um, you know, all these other, you know, little rundown beat up investor opportunities. Those are where we're seeing the multiple offer, uh, multiple oh, offers yeah. because these people are like, yeah, I was waiting for all of these, you know, uh, big time second home buyers and the interest rates to go up. And now that they've got cash, it doesn't matter what the interest rates are to them. They're just going in and they're buying properties. Yeah. So that's where we're seeing a lot of the, um, you know, the multiple offers coming in. So at that point, you know, they've been waiting, they've been preparing. Um, whereas all the other people that are like, Oh, I'm going to wait till home prices drop when I don't have to spend 40 grand over asking. And it's like, okay, well you don't have to do that now, but the interest rates are 7%, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's um, exactly is, is what it comes down to, whether interest rates are high, low, cash or finance, deals just have to make sense. Yeah. Just like advertising. And that's what we see that big connection is, is I'll take 10% all day if the cash flow is there. If it makes sense. If it makes sense, we're going to transact. The The economy will always find a way. Um, and tying your your advertising, your social media, to similar things is is a very prudent choice because people know that. And, and that's what you want to do is use your Facebook, use your Instagram, use that social media platform to be the light. I know it sounds really corny to be the light in this dark time, because one, the consistency and that, like I said, consistency, stability and familiarity is what people are craving more and more every day. Um, and a, a big thing out there for a lot of agents and lenders is you don't see many 40 year lenders or 40 year agents that are unsuccessful. The reason for that is they stuck it out right. and, and you make it through and you push it through these bad markets. And that's where you build your business is because you had that social media platform and people realize they're going to be talking about the 2023 adjustment. It's not a crash, it's right. but people are going to talk about it and they're going to talk about how so-and-so an agent was there before and after, and they were there during it. And I remember they kept us informed and they were honest and they didn't lie to us and pull us into the market at a bad time. Right. I mean, you'd be surprised even in the modern times and these younger people, people keep track of these things. That's why followers and engagement has been monetized because of how consistent our consumer base is. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be on this call. Right. If we couldn't count on people following you and just watching what you do all the time, then we wouldn't be on this call. Yeah. So use that. That's what's going to carry you through this market. And it's what is really going to make you guys shine on the other end. I mean, knowing that in two years, we're going to be in a healthier market that we're going to make a lot more money, just right. waiting it out sometimes. So don't give up and, and definitely stay positive because that will come through on your posts as well. I mean, we've all had those bad days, made the posts and read it two days later and realized, man, I was a jerk that day and I can <laughs> see it myself. So, you know, just be, keep things aligned. You know, we have great jobs where we can make a lot of money. We can make a little money. It's really up to what we do. 
and on our advertising. So that's where I try to get excited about it every day when I'm putting an ad together. I always tell myself I can make a hundred thousand dollars making this ad, and I've had those ads. So it's it's true. And if you have that mentality, it's really exciting. Yeah. No. I mean, absolutely. And we want everybody to be able to 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 learn from you know, what you've been able to do, right? It's no point in reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, everything's been done already. It's real estate people. Uh, you know, that's why, <laughs> that's why we, we throw, you know, throw these out there because there's things oh, that have yeah. worked, things that haven't worked. You know, there's an entire book on being a millionaire real estate agent. Like, again, don't reinvent the, reinvent the wheel. There's no point. I've tried to do things that were different that people are like, oh, that's never going to work. And guess what? Most of the time they were right. It's never going to work. <laughs> It's already been done, um, you know, but sometimes you got to, you know, trial and error and figure it out and see what fits. I mean, at you. the end of the day, I always say every ad is for one person, because if you pick one one person up per ad, you'd be insanely successful. Um, and that and, and it just changes, like I said, changing that mentality, really trying to focus on a, a, an individual person's needs and wants. You're going to capture a lot of people's needs and wants because we're all very similar. Mm -hmm. Um and, and like I said, you get that one person and you should be jumping for joy. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I hope everybody can learn something from this and, and really dive in there and not be scared of, you know, trying to figure out these uh, chaotic Facebook ads and, you know, just that, that practice run there. Um, so if anybody wants to connect with you, uh, how would they do so? And what, uh, what areas do you actually work out of? So, so my two biggest markets that I transact the most in uh, that are actually Tampa, Orlando, and Florida. So Central, West Coast, and East Coast. And then um, pretty much the entire New England market. So New Hampshire, Boston, Maine, Mass uh, Mass all of Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Vermont. And, and uh, the reason I encompass so much is when you transact in a place like Tampa, Orlando, or Florida, um, it, a lot of those states together equal the size of like a Florida market. Uh, plus, the reason I ended up with a lot of these licenses is every almost every single one of my New England client or, uh, New Englander clients buys a house in Florida or wants to buy a house in Florida. Yeah. So it really just made sense. Um, the markets are much more tied together than people think. And I'm a firm believer. And if I want to be the master of one market, you have to understand at least two markets. Um, and when these markets feed each other so much, there's a lot of give and take. So it just made sense for me. Um, so never opposed to getting a new uh, new license either. I'm working on Texas and South Carolina this year as well, just for some uh, individual clients that want to buy there and don't want to share their information with another finance guy. Um, always here to help, whether you're a realtor or a lender, if you have questions about marketing or building your business, that is what I'm here for. Um, so they can reach out anytime. Um, obviously, I have my social media is Jonathan Ferrante is my Facebook. Jonathan Ferrante Mortgage is my Instagram. Um, and then my cell phone and email um, are the best direct ways to reach me, which are pretty much on all of my socials as well. And that's the biggest thing about social is sharing all that information. Um, if you're going to do advertising on it, I don't suggest, I think it's funny when people have private accounts and do advertising on it. Oh. Kind of defeats the purpose. Um, I saw someone the other day running some kind of Instagram and I followed it to their page and it was private. So um, just, you know, keep an open mind. Um, like I said, I'm here to help anyone that has any questions um, and it's going to be a really, really great two years, I think coming up in real estate, especially coming into the summer market. Uh, I'm the first to say there's actually no analytics that show that, 
But I believe that that consumer confidence is pretty much coming up pretty strong at the end of this spring. And people transacting in the summer is going to change everything for the next two or three years. So that's why I feel good about it. Awesome. Thank you for uh, peeking into your crystal ball for us a little bit. You know, we appreciate the insight. So thanks so much for coming on today. Um, I, you know, I know I learned a lot and I, hopefully uh, we can have some people to actually find, you know, really good value and, and um, you know, expand their, their ad base. So that'd be great. So. Yeah, I'm excited to see the feedback you get on this video and excited to see everyone's ads out there. So keep posting. <laughs> All right. Engage in my ads when you see them. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. You thanks, me, I follow you. That's the world, right? Right. Fair <laughs> enough. That's how we do business, right? Uh, well, thanks so much. It was great talking to you. I really appreciate it. You too. Have a great day and good luck. You too. Bye. Right, bye. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jonathan. I appreciated that he was honest that there's not a one size fits all for social media advertising, right? That there is no special trick and it's always trial and error. What works down in Miami isn't going to work up in Ohio. You're targeting different audiences, different people, different regions. You need to figure out what works for your specific audience. If you're targeting first-time home buyers, what information do they want to see? How do they want to feel when they see that information, right? What do they want to know? What's important to them? So I think you really need to tap into that. And of course, if that's not your skill set, then this business is all about leverage. That's how we grow. That's how we can be big, right? Build an empire. You can't just do it all on your own. So reach out to, you know, people on Fiverr, Upwork, if you're running low budget, that's always a great opportunity. Um, have a, a consultant, you know, consultation with a um, marketing manager, see if they're able to help you and what that looks like. You can't take everything on for your business. So it's important for you to know where your strengths are and be honest about where your weaknesses are. And if social media and advertising is is a weakness for you, then leverage, right? Find somebody that's good at it. Hire them. Pay them just for one job here and there. It will absolutely help you grow your business. So um, if you want to reach out to Jonathan, I will put his information into the podcast description. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, if you want to hear any topics or you know you have suggestions for what to have on our future podcast, please feel free to email me, rlrepodcast at gmail.com. I always look forward to hearing from my my listeners. Those who make excuses don't make history. Go out there and make history. Thanks, guys.